for learning with me. Uh, we're going to be continuing Oros HaTorah in Pisca Gimel. Uh, we're in Parak Gimel, Pisca Gimel. And uh, today we'll uh, hopefully uh, move a little bit faster and try and cover some more ground. Ikara Yudiyayi. The main aspect of knowledge of Torah, that the entirety of the Torah, everything, all these kavanas that we've been talking about up to this point, that it should be so within your heart, right? It should be so within you, such a part of who you are, such a part of your psyche, so clear and so strong. So mindful of this all the time. And if you take all the pratim and you bring them up to a place where you see it as klalos, where you see it as achtas, all the kavanas that Rav Kook was talking about before. So then what happens is, is that on the way down now, every small mitzvah, every diktuke Torah, everything that we fulfill and do and learn, now starts to become infused with all of that light now starts to contain a little bit of that entire whole. And Rav Kook used the word zahirut. I mean, how could you not be careful doing mitzvahs? How could you not be careful in learning Torah if this is the way that you understand it, if this is the way that you, that you prepare yourself for learning Torah, and now you prepare yourself for how to actually live Torah. So that understanding now comes down and dissolves into every single small aspect of Torah that you do. And it's very similar now to the life force, the physical life force, that which keeps us alive, that comes from the heart, this central unified idea, and then starts to disperse and starts to circulate amongst the rest of the limbs. And the heart over here is this Yediyah Klolis, is this, is this clear understanding of how all the Pratim of Torah connect to something great above. And the, the circulation of that idea is now how I fulfill every individual mitzvah and learn every individual sugya. And Rav Kook is going to use this extended metaphor of the heart and the circulatory system, the lave that pumps the blood, that sustains all of the Evarim, which all passes through the heart and then back again. Rav Kook is going to use this in an extended metaphor in the next few Piskos. However, on the other hand, and we've already talked about what it looks like. In earlier Pistos, we talked about, for example, last time that we learned, we talked about a What happens when we don't have this knowledge? What happens when we don't learn and we don't have this kavana animating our avodah Hashem and our Liman Torah? So Masha Enkin, he says a similar thing over here. Masha Enkin mi baladei ha-yediyah mitisaklalis harei kol davar menatora inin miyucha bifneatz. What happens when I don't have this in mind? What happens if this is not the way I conduct myself in Lima Torah? So without this yediyah mitis, without this true and profound foundational knowledge that we've been talking about, then everything starts to fall apart. Everything starts to look fragmentary. as little pieces of something that we can't really understand and that's not connected to one single unified whole. Instead of a beautiful, instead of all the notes on the page making this beautiful symphony, instead all the notes form a very cacophonous tone. It sounds terrible. And now when I look at mitzvos in this kind of fragmented, broken apart, cut to pieces way, then there is a blurring of the foundations of our understanding of what Torah is. Torah starts to fall apart. It's as if we start to look at a very pixelated, blurry picture instead of the, uh, instead of the true picture. We find the notion like this with the Nevi'im also. We've talked many times about what the Ramchal says in Derech Hashem, referring to the different kinds based on the Gemaras. 
I'm referring to the different kinds of nevuah, the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu's Aspaklari Ameira, Moshe Rabbeinu signaling this Yedia Amitis, this true understanding of all of the Pratim and all of the Tukim, part of one big coherent and cohesive whole. Comparing that to what happens when it starts to fall apart, then you start to see Lahavdil, because we're still talking about nevuah, but in Aspaklari Sheinam Ameira that our understanding of the Dvar Hashem can only be understood with Mashal and Melitza, and that we don't fully have the picture and that there's doubt, there's suffix in here. And that's actually what happens, a mirror image, with a person who doesn't learn Torah with us, or not Nevi'im, how we learn Torah in a fragmentary and broken apart and incoherent way. The Torah loses its magic, Khalila, loses what makes it so special, which is that it's part of this unified godly whole. When a person still serves Hashem, right? you could have this kind of a tfis of Torah. You might still be performing mitzvahs out of fear or social pressure or, or whatever other kind of thing. Maybe you don't know different, but your avodas Hashem with this understanding of Torah is, is manua avodas ava, it lacks love. It lacks a sense of loving kindness, the beneficence that we were talking about in the previous Pisgah. Right? It's, it's a cold and it's a dark hallelujah. It's a broken hallelujah. And, it's, um, and it lacks uh, the love and the light that we described before. This comes from a pasuk in, in Yeshaya. The Navi tells us in, uh, in Sefer Yeshaya that Yeshaya is rebuking the people and in his rebuke he says that the mitzvahs of Hashem will, Dvar Hashem will be a tzav letzav kav lekav and, and Rashi and the Malbim and the Mitzudas they all point out in various different ways some of them are talking about tzav letzav that the Torah of Hashem is going to be what the other nations uh, will tell us what to do because we'll already be exiled and on the other hand like Rashi says, it's a reference to the mitzvahs of Torah as well, that they can, instead of being a beautiful whole image, they could be kav le kav, tzav le tzav, totally separate, disjointed, non-connected ideas that form this big confusing whole that is impossible to grasp and to hold on to. Right? It's, and at the end of the Pasuk, what happens when you see things like this is that Torah becomes a malkodes. It becomes the sam mavis that we were talking about. It becomes a malkodes, it becomes a trap. That's how the Navi Yeshaya describes an approach to mitzvahs like this, when it's Dvar Hashem, Tzav Tzav, Kav Kav, that it's all spread out, that it's all separate, that it's all disjointed, that there's no inner coherence within it, because it doesn't have this Yediyah Rav Kook says it needs to be that when we learn Torah and then our understanding and appreciation of Torah is that it's chuka achas. It's all part of one unified whole. And indeed, the greatest simcha, as I've spoken to you guys about, the greatest simcha sometimes with learning is when you see that it is indeed all one. That all the ideas do feed into one another. That we resolve stiros. That we resolve seeming contradictions. That we resolve whether it's in psukim or whether it's in gemara, whether it's in the bali tosfos. That when we see these contradictions, the job of tamid chachamim has always been to harmonize. And in that kind of revealed way, it's a nod to what Rav Kook is talking about in the concealed way of showing that all of the mitzvahs and all of the different things that we learn in Torah are all part of Chuk Achas, one coherent, unified whole. Fine. Continuing on to the next Pisgah, Gimel Dalit. Kshalev Bari, and remember I told you about this uh, 
this metaphorical framework that Rav Kuk is going to be using throughout. Kshalev Bari, when the heart is healthy, uses the pulse, the strength of the human being's pulse, pushes the blood and circulates the blood throughout the system. To the furthest capillaries and to the furthest veins, the deepest recesses of the body, it all comes from the heart and it all finds its beginning in the pulse, the oxygenation of the heart that sends it to the body and keeps the body alive and gives it force, gives it life. So similarly, when our seichel, when our preparation, when our intellectual preparation for Torah allows us to see it all as a part of a great whole, to see the contradictions and to see the small details as part of this chuka achas. So, and when it's strong, you need to be strong in order to do this and understand the Torah's foundation. Not just that they're connected, the small details, not just that one of them are interconnected with one another, but that they're literally necessitated for one another. It needs to be like that. Because Hashem gave the Torah at Harsinai, I need to put on my shoes this way. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and, 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 and revealed mitzvahs to us, we need to understand that when, when, when we talk about Adam Mu'ad La'olam, that this is what we're talking about. This is what the halacha is. Right? To be mischayev shogekemezit. When we talk about how to eat matzah and all the prate pratim and the amounts, that all of that is not just, it doesn't just come from nowhere. It's not just this detail that now we have this tough work of putting back together. There really is no work of putting it back together into one big coherent whole because if we understand it truly to its yisod, we understand that it never was a it never was separate. It never was a part of the whole. It never was distant from the whole because it was mischayiv, Rav Kook says. It was necessitated. It was, became, it, it was almost obvious. That, for example, if we could see all these things clearly, it would be so obvious from the fact that B'nai Yisrael, Yatsasan Ishmasam at Harsinai, it would be very obvious that every single if of Shulchan Aruch needs to be the way that it is. That's what we mean by mischayiv. That it's necessitated. Mitoch klala from the great rules and the great big ideas of Torah. Hashkaf is and this kind of an outlook could become a totally encompassing outlook. This could be a way, not just I think when you learn Torah and perform mitzvahs, when you see the entire world. It's a makif. It surrounds us. It envelops us. It becomes our mode, our foundation, our prism for Avodos Hashem and what we do with the Torah. And the net result of that, that we keep on talking about, the Rav Kook keeps on coming back to, and Rav Kook says that when you learn like this, and when you understand these things, that you maybe rose above the level of doing the tough work of linking things together and constantly reminding yourself this is part of chuka achas, this is all part of a big coherent whole, but when you really, really, really get to that point that you couldn't see it any other way, that it was necessitated like this, that there's thousands of lights of Kiddush and that Har Sinai is in every if in Shulchan Aruch and every Sugya and Tosfas and Shas, when you see things like that, Surav Kook says what happens is Ba'avarabah, you're filled with love. You're filled with awe. There's a hishtomimus. There is, you're knocked away when you realize the greatness of this thing that you have, that was revealed to you. That is their providence as a Jewish person. Virikshay kavod, and it's filled with a sense of kavod, of honor. How could I, how could I ever look at a, at a safer the same way again? How could I ever approach my learning the same way again when I understand what it is exactly that I'm doing? I'm being mechabro lamas, I'm bringing shamayim and arts closer together. And then I'm able to fulfill every small thing in Torah with this great avarabah, with this rikshay kavod. 
you know, in that um, David Foster Wallace video, you guys ever seen that, mo- that video, uh, This Is Water? You guys know what I'm talking about? Anyway, at the end of it, uh, you know, Foster Wallace has this like trademark. You don't know if he's exactly serious. You don't know if he's exactly, you know, a little tongue in cheek and disingenuous, you know, because he's brilliant and, and he hides his true intent sometimes. But, and it was a speech, I think, at some college. Anyways, at the end, he talks about with an awareness, with a, a kind of mindfulness, essentially. He's talking about standing in line at the grocery store, right, at the supermarket, but, or sitting in traffic. But with a certain awareness that you can allow to permeate the way that you see the world, that you can allow to drive the way that you see the world, every moment, even the most mundane, even the most seemingly meaningless, can now become infused with the awe of Sinai. Right? He, he, Foster Wallace says something very similar to this, but, but that's basically the idea. That if I truly allow this idea to happen every moment of Lima Torah, like, you might wonder, I wonder sometimes, if I say, like, how could it be like a Rebel Yashiv remembered all this stuff? Like, how could that be? How could, that, how could like, all of that just been on his fingertips? Like, the, the millions of halachas that, like, we've all learned and forgotten. Like, I recently opened up, like, a, I recently opened up, like, a Mishnah Brura. Like, somebody asked me a question. I opened up a Mishnah Brura to, like, a chela, to, to, like, a section on Shabbos that, oh, no, no, it wasn't Mishnah Brura. It was a Shulchan Aruch and something I haven't really, like, opened up since, like, Smicha. And I saw, that, like, my notes and everything all over the page. And I'm like, I don't remember a single piece of this. I don't remember a single thing that I learned over here. How demoralizing is that? Like I worked, like I spent days on that. I put notes and it looked really good, right? I don't remember a single thing. I think the problem is because I didn't learn this way. It's because I wasn't learning. I was learning to get smicha. Or I, or, or I was learning because, or I was learning because stam. That's what I did in morning seder. Which you might do also. Rav Kook is saying that there's actually a path and it might take a long time. It's not a switch you flip up and on and off. But there's a path that every single time that you learn that if it's the most loving, brilliant, transcendent moment of your life. And how could you forget it? I think what Rav Kook is actually doing is like what it might in this last pisk of There's great love. There's feelings of honor and splendor and holiness in every single small aspect of Torah. I think Rav Kook is describing to us over here like a pretty solid description what, what it might feel like to be a tzaddik learning Torah. Like, how does it feel to be a Revel Yashif? Like, what is Revel Yashif? You ever, like, think about it? What does it feel to be a Revel Yashif? You ever see that there was, like, a video of Revel Yashif just learning straight for 30 minutes? You just watch him. Head in. So, of course, you'll see he doesn't interrupt his learning. He's not taking out his cell phone, obviously. You know, he's not, like, stopping to tweet out the, the you know, that he did the daf. Or that, or, or that he has, like, some nice Hasidic insight. Right? He's not Josh Rosenfeld, you know, like, interrupting every three seconds. Ravel Yashiv is learning to, so of course you expect to see Asmada. And of course you expect to see, you know, an intensity in 30 minutes already. I've never, I can't remember the last time I really focused 30 minutes doing anything straight. But like, have you ever really stopped to think like, what exactly is going through his mind? Like how exactly, if you're Ravel Yashiv looking down at the page of Gemara, like what exactly is he thinking when he sees those words that you're able to read every day? I think that that's kind of like what Rav Kook is describing over here. Every tiny thing, every sugya, every piece, every idea that we're learning is filled with avarab, is filled with matan Torah. That's what I think Rav Kook is describing. Like, how does it feel to be like a Ravitcha Meyer lighting Hanukkah candles? Like, what's going through the tzaddik's mind when he does that? It's matan Torah at the end of the day. Like, no matter what the layers and levels of doing something, of doing a mitzvah are, at the end of the day, it's a sulam that's 
That ladder, whether it's Ravitch Amayr, Leiling Chanak, a candle of Yashav learning a, a, a blot Gemara, that ladder ends up in Shamayim. That ladder ends up in, in Harsinai. We could, we could climb rungs of that ladder when we learn, if we work on it, if we're mindful. Let's do one more piska. When you learn Torah Lishma, so at the end of the day, when you do learn Torah Lishma, it's not just that we have like a, a really, it's not just that we enjoy ourselves more, that we remember more, that we feel more holy when we learn, but we're actually, at, we're actually doing our part to actualize and materialize Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu goal for the world, the point of our existence. Again, Shalom dim Torah lishma mamshichim yaratzon alatachlus anisgava shal Torah. What is the tachlus anisgava? The great goal of the Torah. So desire is what does the Torah want? That's the ratzon. Like, what is the goal of the Torah? If we could speak of such a thing, what's Hashem's goal for us? And then we we bring ourselves closer when we learn the Torah lishma. We bring ourselves closer to the tachlus, which I think could be translated also as what is the Torah? Ratzon is what does the Torah want? And Tachlis, the goal is the Torah wants us to recognize what Torah is, which is that we possess a chelik yil kamimal, that the world is an illusion for godliness, that uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs every single prat of existence, that every single thing that we do causes reverberations above. All these big ideas that we talk about are actually true. That's the Tachlis, that is Torah. Schar mitzvah is, is mitzvah. You recognize like, oh my gosh, I'm fulfilling Ratzon Hashem. I'm, I'm literally godly right now. What could be greater? And the goal, the Tachlis and Gava, the great goal, the great overarching aim of the whole Torah, so that, that, that is mispashe, like, like the blood that comes from the heart, that is mispashe b'cholin prati. That starts to spread and disperse into every, every, every uh, individual or every small matter. Chesed el yom, ha'olecha I think that it's beautiful that Rav Kook, at the end of this, Sulam says it's a chesed elyon. That I think it's true that at the end of the day for Rav Kook, Rav Kook's ideal, I think, is of course one of chesed. I don't know what kind of a tzaddik necessarily, you know, sees themselves climbing up this ladder constantly, 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 and like wants to get to a place of din, chalila. Right? That ideally, a tzaddik rises to the top of this ladder and becomes one of a chesed elyon, a feeling of divine embrace, a feeling of divine loving kindness. And Rav Kook uses a beautiful language over here. And the more that you do this, you start, do you ever play like the game of Othello? Right? And he's like, sure enough, like one tile of the other color t- turns over. Eventually, so that's when you start, a small prot being turned over. When I, once I make a connection, now it's all black or white, depending on what side you are. And then... Then, like, as the game progresses, as you start to get to higher and higher levels of the game, then the whole board can change in, like, one move, right? Then you can basically, like, go, and instead of one piece, it's, you know, 10, 15 pieces happening at the same time. That's, Rav Kook says, this chesed elyon, this divine love, as we climb up this ladder of hakara when we're learning Torah. So things that are different, different starts to become flipped over. We start to see, for example, we start to become like a Rav Tzaduk and start to see, like, certain particular sins or certain particular things that we could see as negative tofod, which Cook certainly did, saw negative tofod actually starting to turn over and to be flipped into something beautiful, into something that's part of the tachlis anuskava. Right? Imagine, for example, you know, that's how you could see 
people who violate Torah mitzvot being the ones who are setting the stage for Geula. Because everything is starting to flip over with this Chesed Elyon. It's Misrab El Makolom Imo could start to flip over the entire world and that difference becomes erased with godly oneness. You start to show how it's all one. When you learn and it's not Lishma, it's not for the sake of Torah, it's not for the sake of a Baruch Hu, it's not for the sake of Yichud Kutsh Berichu Shechinte in Knesset Yisrael. Then everything, how is everything revealed? Okay, another halacha. Okay, another dafkimara. Okay, another tosfos. Separate, apart, disjointed. It could even lead to a kind of kfira that sees, you know, chalila, even the Torah, as not mikshachas. Or sees, you know, different uh, strata in the gemara and uses that to, to denigrate and to bring down and to reduce the holiness of it. We're not saying that every time you do that, that that's exactly the intent of what happens, but it certainly, I think, is, is a, a logical conclusion in some respects to this kind of way of seeing things. So all you see are these individual lights. You just see like fireflies, light here, light there, light here, light there. That's at the best. And, and whatever wisdom, right? maybe I could look at a particular halacha and I could try and find, okay, there's some seichel over here, but if at all, if at all, and I might be sincere in my, in my learning like this, if at all, it's going to be an or mitzumsum. It's going to be very constricted. It's going to be a flicker and that's going to be it. That's very, that's very not gratifying. Torah, learning Torah is supposed to be a tana gruchni. It's supposed to gratify us. But like, I'm not saying enjoyment that, you know, it's, it's entertainment. I'm saying it's gratifying because you're working really hard at something. And because the desire, right? Because we're not being mamshich, the ratzon to the tachlis, because we're not working towards any goal, because we're not connected with the desire of the Torah. So seichel, the logic, the wisdom in it is going to be small, and the desire that we have from it, oh, now I really want to fulfill this mitzvah, I really want to understand the sugya is going to be katzer, it's not going to be available, it's not going to be there. I'm like kapdanus v'zaf. You get to a place where you're filled with kapdanus, right? How do you... A person sees the whole Torah as miksha achas, so I can't be a cop done. If I see somebody violating a small thing, if I see something the wrong way, it still needs to be fixed, but my perspective is a very different perspective. I'm fixing a, a piece of a much larger whole, but if I look at the Torah and I see every prat as only standing on itself, so I could get to a kapdanus. I could see every small violation of the Torah as, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And I could see that itself as a heresy itself because I'm already broken. I'm already mehuris on the inside because even in my attempt to keep all these pratim together, I have no lishma and I'm not keeping them together. And all the Torah to me looks just as disjointed as it does to you who are now violating it. And that's how you could be a person who learns a lot of Torah filled with anger and filled with with pettiness, it's better for that person to have never come into the world, says Rav Kook. It's better for the world, um, it's better for the world, uh, it's better for the world to not have this kind of a person learning Torah. Because right? he turned the Torah into something ugly. Uh, this, uh, this idea of, um, this idea of learning Torah in this way, um, you know, Rav Kook, I, I'll read you a tiny bit. Rav Kook has a, ch- a tshuva in Das Cohen and Rav Kook's, um, and Rav Kook, Rav Kook's response on Yoradea. Rav Kook writes, Rav Kook writes how this feels. He says, I'll just read you one or two lines over here. He says that uh, when you learn Torah, like the shu- me'or p'nei melechayim, when you see Torah in the right way, it's like you're gazing at the countenance of the living king. 
How beautiful and wondrous this is in your eyes. Because it's so beautiful, everybody wants to see the face of the king. So you feel a deep love to the king. Almost try and imagine, I know that none of you guys are like necessarily involved in any fandom, nor am I. But you're like a really, really big fan of something, right? Like, you know, you get to see like BTS or something, right? It seems like they have crazy fans. So they're, they're fans that just want a glimpse, just a glimpse itself, right? Like my soul left out when Hashem spoke. That, uh, that I just want to gaze at the countenance of the king. I'm filled with the love for the king. I'm filled with, uh, I'm, I, I stand. I stand at Kaddish Baruch Hu by, by seeing his, his countenance in the Torah. And he filled, he says, an alacrity, a joy for life. There's more to be mastic. There's more to do. You see tzaddikim like this. They, they find more kochos for, for everything. They're just going from one thing to another. I have a friend who told me his father is a big tzaddik. His father gives like 10 shirm a week. Superhuman. 10 original shirm a week. How could somebody do that? Certainly isn't paying him so well, right? He's doing that because, because he's in love. He's doing that because he's in love. He's doing it because he's filled with this Zerus Chaim. I have to fill my life up with this thing. The Simcha of Tavlev, says Rav Kook, with a joy and a goodness of heart. There you have it. Rav Kook says the goal over here is to feel Tanuk, to feel pleasure. This is, this is hard to cultivate because there's distractions. Not because, not because it's difficult for us, because we're already primed to do this kind of thing. And if we're able to do this thing, the kicker is that with enough time and with enough training, it starts to become the greatest Tanagruchni. So I want to wish all of us to be able to have that Tanagruchni in our learning um, and also to help that inform our lives and to see a fragmented world and a fragmented place filled with the Seichel Behira clear logic and the love of God and for us to be able to uh, not just us but for the entire world that the whole world will recognize the countenance of Kadesh Baruch Hu, recognize uh, this Chesed Elyon and may the Chesed Elyon come quickly so um